Welcome to Nude, where we strip back the layers of cultural conditioning, taboos and shame around sex, intimacy and relationships. I am so excited to share with you some of the knowledge and wisdom I've gained as a self-development enthusiast, exotic dancer, mother, dominatrix and polyamorous lover. If you're open-minded and ready to hear some real juicy and vulnerable conversations with some epic and fascinating people, then stay tuned and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Nude. Today I'm here with David. Yeah, yeah. Hi. <laughs> My babe's here to record another episode with me. Yay! And we've got lots to discuss today, haven't we? Yeah, it's been a while since you've hosted me. Yeah. So here I am with my cup of tea. I got you tea and water this time. I got the water myself, actually. I made sure you had it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and we've got lots to cover. Yeah. Oh, so much exciting growth we've been having lately. Yeah, it's been rough. (laughs) (laughs) There have been some rougher times. Yeah, Yeah. there have. Well, let's start with the question that you asked me Um, and how that came about and uh, how, how it felt when I answered it, maybe. The question. The question. The question. The question. I was asking very casually and didn't think much about it. And it's a great question to ask any lover or anyone. Anyone you love. Anyone you love. It could be your your child or your friend or your workmate. How can I be a better lover was the question I was asking Mercy in that case. Obviously, you wouldn't ask your workmate how you could be a better lover, (laughs) but you could ask how you could be a better workmate. And then just get real ready to get real because that's what happened to us that I asked the question kind of just on the side note. Just a cash question. Yeah, just real casual and then a landslide got loose (laughs) and it just kind of propelled us into many, many, many different directions of learning and unraveling patterns and behaviors that we we opened this conversation and we opened the space for, yeah, just having a look at ourselves and each other to find ways how we can love each other even more. Yeah. And to be honest about what we might want to have more of or less of and talk about it. And it became a continuous conversation since. Yeah. So it's a lot of times very raw and vulnerable. And I think that's where where we're at now. Mm. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. We really just um, sliced it right open uh, for everything to come spilling out. And what I said in, uh, one, my other episode where I mentioned this question and talk about some of the stuff was that it was, it was my whole life as a woman come that kind of came pouring out my, my sexual connection to myself and the many, many things that I haven't felt able to, ask for or able to be honest about and then it kind of all came out in this one question 
on top of you because you're the first person to ever ask me the question. Because <laughs> I care about you so much. <laughs> and it does, I didn't ask the question thinking that I'm not a good lover. I was asking a question wanting to give you even more that I'm already offering. And yeah, it's it's. I definitely don't regret asking the question, but it definitely turned out to be a whole lot of work yeah. for myself Yeah, to get over my ego, to have a good look at myself, to realize a lot of things that I thought I already had covered that I then felt very green about. Can you be specific about any of those things? I'm kind of thinking about the, the book, The Superior Man by David Data. This book has been recommended to me by a friend for years now. And I only started listening to the audiobook this month. And it kind of just really pulled me back down to, it was really grounding. I was on a somewhat high flight being with you, dating sexy babe mercy j <laughs> and getting heaps of compliments from from a lot of friends and loved ones and other lovers how what an awesome human i am and i kind of got a bit of an ego trip out of that and then i read the book and it just made me feel real small and cute <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't there was so much in there it was so triggering like i had to stop listening at some time and just go for a walk because it was just it was so hectic and yeah just a lot of things that and all the things like most things in the book are really things that I want to embody there, there's so many aspects of being a man and the kind of man I want to be or the kind of man I envision becoming and the kind of man I'm looking up to as my mentors and role models which there's only very few in my life but they i'm very selective with them and they all embody parts of the man that i want to be but to realize the way to get there is very rough and challenging and i'm very far away from getting there but I'm also very certain that I can achieve all these things because I want to. And a wise man told me once that I can do anything that I set my mind to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think you're as far away as you you're judging yourself pretty harshly, I think. You I'm just always hard on myself. Yeah. I don't mm. like I don't like to other people give me enough compliments. I don't need mm. to compliment myself. Mm. As much as other people do me, because it, it won't be good for my mm. ego. Yeah, so <laughs> so uh, valuable to learn how to stay humble, even when people all around you are yeah building you up and giving you compliments. It's so easy to ride on those mm. and let them fly you right up high in the sky yeah. and not stay grounded. Mm, that's really really important, I think. In regards to the book, is there any specific things you can mention that were really triggering and that you because because since we read the book you in my eyes have already embodied and enacted many changes and many parts of 
the man that you want to be. So, yeah. The whole idea about ravaging a woman and that being okay within the constructs of consent on both sides, obviously, or whoever's involved. To ravish. Um, to ravish, yeah. yeah. It's been it's been a desire for me for so long to just, yeah, go ravish mm. and, and take. and But n- not the taking being as a way of taking energetically but the taking being a giving Mm. if that makes sense Um, because I want to be with a woman that wants that Mm. ravaging and me being in power but it's been so difficult for me to do that because I have not had an idea on how to lead with such a strong hand necessary. There's so many, so much self-judgment I have about man in general and how men have been in control of the planet pretty much mm-hmm. and how that got real out of control. I believe a big part of that is the trauma and repressed sexual needs and desires. And if... I want to become a man that also ravages. I've seen a lot of other men ravage and then becoming rapists, fucking up the planet and humans. It's ravish, just letting you know. Ravish. Ravish, yeah. Ravish, am I saying it wrong? Ravage. Ravish. Ravish. Okay, well, English is my second language. I know, I'm just helping you. (laughs) (laughs) We can cut this one out. I think we should pull out some quotes from the book. So um, I just dug out this quote and um, it goes, the most loving woman are the women who will test you the most. She wants you to be your fullest, most magnificent self. She won't settle for anything less. She knows it is true of you. She knows in your deepest heart, you are free. You are Shiva. Anything less than that, she will torment. And as you know, she's quite good at it. <laughs> it's a good quote. Yeah, because <laughs> so it drives home for me how I'm, and there's a fear attached to, to it for me, because what if I'm not Shiva? What if I'm not able to embody that enough for you to not rip me to shreds mm. and not put all these tests up for me that I can actually pass? What if I'm so weak at times that I just feel tired of the tests and he was talking a lot about women testing men within the relationship starting from leaving the empty toilet roll on the hold in the bathroom and waiting for him to put in a new toilet roll (laughs) and that could create a fight in the relationship if he doesn't do it you know Mm -hmm. like all these little things and I like I started to see a much more tests that you are doing, like that you are putting me through. Same. I had no idea I was doing this yeah. <laughs> until the book, and then I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in, in one side, you could say this is manipulative, and this is this is not good. What what the fuck is all this testing about? Like, don't you trust me? Don't mm-hmm. don't you trust me to just be a good dude who just wants to be in a long term relationship? sustainably and be left alone (laughs) (laughs) what's all this testing about (laughs) but relationships don't work like that um i've learned and you never quite 
know what kind of work needs to happen for the relationship to to continue in a healthy way but i don't want to take these tests personally and i just pick them up as good as i can if i'm or when i'm not able to be in my presence and being my um, my empowered self i have realized that i'm not to some degree not comfortable being around you mm. and that i would then rep prefer to retreat and doing something by myself like go sailing or start a project or hang out with the boys mm -hmm. have some beers or whatever but not something that has to do anything with feminine energy mm. because it's it's there's so much fear build up that i'm not enough and when the feminine is still around for me it seems just lurking to snatch mm. me up and rip me to shreds Yeah, and I can't move. I'm I'm paralyzed within that space. So I have to just go away from it all, and yeah, don't even want to talk about women necessarily. Yeah, and uh, when that happens, when you're in that space, and I'm going about doing my usual thing, and you're feeling that way, then that's when big conflict happens between us because yeah. I'm giving you these so-called tests and. <clears throat> they're just hugely triggering for you in that space. And then maybe you take it out on me or dump some stuff on me and then it all yeah. kind of goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't mean that I can't be vulnerable around you and mm. that I can't let you hold me. And, um, it needs to be conscious though, isn't it? It's like a conscious a consciousness around you being vulnerable yeah. and then me consciously holding the space yeah. rather than just falling into these patterns yeah. where I'm always holding the space yeah. and you're kind of falling into my arms and letting me hold everything and and hold all the problems and the issues and the pain. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's just consciously being really aware yeah. of it that matters. Yeah. And that kind of happened to us where we are not conscious of it how I wanted to be held, but you weren't quite ready to hold space for me. Mm. Um, a few weeks ago, when I came back from a sailing trip over the weekend and I was just mm. sailing by myself because I've had enough. So I was going away for a bit and I came back and I was still feeling shit and I was moving myself into such a dark space and then you started asking me questions about how, what's going on in my head and I started to just talk about it and... The end result was that you got dragged into this dark space with me and there was so much anger between us, so mm. much so much resentment and yeah, you had to I said then I said a couple of stupid things about your appearance and there was just the That was the cherry on top. There was the cherry on top. <laughs> It and was the last straw. You had to go leave the house and spend the night by yourself. Yeah. And there was a big Yeah, that that caused a bit of a yeah. That took some time resolving. Yeah, and some conversations, and for me to reach out to friends who are relationship coaches because I was really feeling guilty <laughs> <laughs> about some things that I said, and I received some great help, and that worked worked out real well for us to just get back on track. But there was just an example of how I was in a real dark space and I needed someone or I thought I needed someone to hold me and then you offered your arms for me to fall into but then it got a bit too much and there was no there was no 
agreement. I didn't ask if you were ready to hold space for me right now. Mm. That's when I was starting to take from you mm. more than you could hold hold up for me. And I felt the that kind of just tipped into me throwing my shit at you and not realizing that what I'm throwing at you is my shit. And I started to point, yeah, just started to drag you into that. Mm. And it's just it's just a real yucky behavior that's probably very common in a lot of relationships that are toxic. But um, for you and I, we've we, we both been in toxic relationships and to not be in one anymore and to having made the promise that we don't want to facilitate that toxicity Mm. Um, within a relationship and there's always everyone in a relationship involved is responsible for that but um, we got quite sensitive towards it so whenever it happens it's just like whoa we need to do something about this because this yeah. is fucked up <laughs> yeah. we don't want to be like that Yeah, and I think that's just how we have progressed within our relationship mm having had experiences with other relationships, with other people, but then also having made a promise to ourselves to not go there anymore. Mm. Yeah. And that was resolved. The way we resolved that conflict, that was probably one of the most painful that we've had, at least for me, I think it was. Um, You really did step into your masculine and take charge that the next day when, yeah, when I came home and that was everything. I think like you went to the effort to talk to people who could help you. You facilitated a conversation and held the space and set up the space and ensured there was time for the conversation. You looked after, you know, my son and took the dog for a walk and made dinner and just all these things to lead for the day so that I felt more taken care of and and I felt like this the conversation that we needed to have was really important to you because you led it you know because you came back and said I would love to have this conversation you know if you're available and that was so so important for me to feel like yeah to feel you lead towards a resolution Mm. um, that set us up for a really healthy uh, dialogue which we ended up having it started a conversation. Yeah. Of course, both you and I realized that there's still a pattern f- for both of us to bring somewhat toxic behavior into our relationship. Yeah. Just because that's who we are and that's that's what the kind of trauma we have attached to ourselves. But then to, to recognize that and say, hey, we need to have this conversation now because that has that's not the first time that happened, but now it has been the worst time. And you have told me that if I hurt you like that again, there's very little tolerance for you to forgive me. Mm. These words are really important to me because they really shake me awake and make me reflect on the other times these things happen. And then I can make a count, you know, one, two, three times where I was in a dark space and end up throwing my shit at you, blaming the evil on the world 
in the world on you, not in a literal sense, but in a in an energetic sense, mm. and to just recognize that and say, let's start a conversation on how we can work together to prevent that from happening for you to not facilitate space for me to to throw shit around mm. and for me to not do that mm. and then and then the other way around if it if it happens rever- in a reverse space because we we love each other and when when you see when you saw me being so down after a weekend having spent by myself you just welcomed me with open arms and you were like i want to hold you right now mm. but i couldn't be filled up with your love i was so shut and mm. I couldn't love myself that weekend. And I was just, I was not able to receive yep. anything. And yeah, and I told you then that I should have, or I wish I would have just spent another hour by myself and mm. find some clarity um, before we have this conversation that we wanted to have that night that I came home that then resulted in a bigger conversation that we had the next day. (laughs) Mm. I think it's so important as well to note that even though it was you that kind of came home and did throw your shit at me, what we've realized from this is that I have the power and vice versa to decide when I'm actually open and available to hold space for you. And that's Mm. so, so important. Like I can – put up a boundary and say your shit is not mine to hold right now. Mm. And I think when we're in partnership with someone, we assume and I think we're taught that that, that we have to be there for them 100% of the time and that everything they're going through, we're going through and that everything that they struggle with and all the trauma that's attached to them, we have to hold it. Yeah, nah. And that's just like so <laughs> toxic. It is so, so toxic. And I have felt this way and felt so responsible for my partners previously. And, you know, now with you, we're both realizing this, you know, this tendency that both of us have, I think, to feel responsible for the other's pain. And yeah. especially me, I don't know, maybe, but I've, I've definitely got a long, long habit that's formed over years of, of feeling emotionally responsible for my partner. So we have for a while now been practicing that, you know, just actually checking in with ourselves and seeing if we're actually in a space to take on more shit (laughs) and hold space for you to share. And, knowing that we can lovingly put that boundary up. And it's not abandonment. That's where I think it can trigger like abandonment issues mm. in people. With If I say like I actually need to focus on me right now and because the reality is I'm not the only person in your universe. No. You have a therapist, you have friends, you have – you know, family members you can call. There's so many people in your life yeah. that you can go to for support and vice versa. Yeah. And that's why that's so important for a healthy relationship that we have that. So if you're going through something and I really can't hold space for it, it's probably because it's about me or involves me mm. in some way. Then sometimes it isn't actually, I'm not the right person to hold the space. You mm. know, if the conflict is between us and you just want to vent your shit, you you sh- you so should be able to do that, but I am probably not the person to do it to. 
But we definitely have this habit, I think, in our culture of just using our partner as our therapist almost or using our partner as everything. Yeah, I think it's one of these old beliefs of relationship that our partner needs to be everything. Totally. And it withdraws the fact that every individual within a relationship needs to be able to take responsibility for their own emotions. Mm. If I can't be emotionally self-sufficient and I rely or my partner for be feeling wholesome and complete. Mm. That's dangerous. So dangerous. Hi, it's Messi here. Just interrupting the end of this episode to let you know that we're going to finish this here and carry on for part two next week. I really tried to find a good place to cut this conversation in half, but it was just such a good flowing conversation that it didn't exist uh, a good place so this is the best I can do uh, if I had more episodes for you then I would have left it whole but I apparently just make an episode as the each week rolls in <laughs> that's the, um, the schedule I seem to be on right now it's quite stressful <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's what's happening so uh I really hope you enjoy part two. It'll be out next week. This was Nude with Mercy J. If you'd like to support me in bringing you more delicious content, then please do click the link in my bio or go to redcircle.com slash nude slash donations. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback about this episode, then please do contact me at nudepodcastnz at gmail.com.